Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Before you're seated, I'm going to read three verses of Scripture from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. And we're continuing on on our uh, our series of just uh, back to the basics, basic uh, principles of living for God. Matthew 6, Jesus said, Moreover, verse 16, When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fasteth, Anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen. You may be seated. And I'm going to talk about fasting. Talk about fasting. You know, every Tuesday we have a church fast uh, for those that uh, can participate till 5 p.m. And I believe... Uh, there's no telling what uh, God has accomplished for us because of that. Because you see, we have to invite God into our situation. Amen. And that's what prayer does and fasting does. We are asking God to intervene. We're asking God to intervene for us or for somebody else. And, uh, and fasting is part of that. So I'm going to title this lesson tonight, When You Fast. When You Fast. So fasting like prayer and giving is something we do just between us and God. We don't do these things to be seen or praised by people. Jesus used the word secret, and secret means private or discreet. So you see, God and Him alone is our reward when we pray, when we give, and when we fast. He's our reward. Colossians 3.23 said, And whatever you do... Do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Now twice in our text passage, Jesus said, when you fast. He didn't use the word if, he used the word when, and this lets us know that the Lord assumed his people would fast. Now he said when when the when you have the bridegroom in your... In your uh, presence and he was uh, the spiritual bridegroom then you don't fast you celebrate but when the bridegroom is gone that's when you fast amen and so he was going to uh, be gone and his disciples would fast after that now fasting is not just a new testament principle but we find it throughout the entire bible Moses fasted as he waited upon God up on Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. Esther and her maidens fasted when she knew she had to go before the king unsummoned, which was back in those days. uh, You could lose your life doing that. So she requested a fast so that she could go before the king and make her request. Daniel fasted uh, for God to show him what was going to happen? When were the people of God going to be let go from the Babylonian captivity? Ezra fasted after he and 
the, they left the Babylonian captivity. And the Bible said in Ezra 8.23, So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. The Roman centurion Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, he fasted and prayed unto God because he wanted more. Amen. And when you want more and you ask God and you pray and fast about it, you're going to get more. Amen. The early church leaders fasted so God would show them what, what they needed to do next, where they needed to go, and who specifically should go. Amen. So what is biblical fasting? It's simply abstaining from food for a period of time. And that period of time typically is set by you. Amen. Or if the church calls a fast, then, you know, then everybody gets on board with that timeline. Amen. And so what is the purpose of fasting? It's to get God's attention regarding a particular situation you're facing or you're experiencing. It puts us in a, also a better frame of mind and heart. Amen. When we fast, amen, we kind of depart from, from the natural and we, we gravitate to the more spiritual. It's amazing how much food is involved in our lives. And from a professional eater as myself, I, I, I know what I'm talking about. Amen. We're either, we're either thinking about where we're going to go we're, we're either on our way to going to where we're going to go or we're eating or then we're talking about how good that was and when's the next meal. And so it, it, it's a lot part of our life. So when you, take, when you push the plate away, you automatically have a change of heart, a change of mind, and you, you are gravitating toward the Lord. Amen. And fasting also is, it humbles us. David said, I humbled my soul with fasting. It also strengthens and focuses our faith on the Lord. Now, many years ago, when I was, when I was new uh, coming to church and, and new in God, we had a visiting minister come by, and he told us about his own personal situation with faith. And he said, you know what? He goes, I, I see a lot of people with a lot of faith and, and things happen. He said, I'm not one of those kind of people. I, I don't really have a lot of faith. It's not, it doesn't come natural to me. He said, you know what, though? I found that when I fast, my faith is increased and my faith is strengthened and my faith is focused more on God and it's more effective. Amen. And so fasting also uh, it, the purpose is to show God that we mean business and we're committed to seeing him undertake in our situation. Amen. Because you push the plate away, they okay, this guy's usually like an eating machine and he's pushing the plate away. Let me just see what's going on here. God's looking down and like, all right, we're talking about a little sacrifice. And, and so they really want it. Uh, now, uh, Pastor Matthew Hagee said, fasting is sacrificing something that comforts you or is important to you. If it doesn't mean anything to you, it won't mean anything to God. I thought that was very interesting, very powerful. Now, God let us know what the results of fasting will be once we fast and once we do it as unto the Lord, we do it with all of our heart. Isaiah 58, 6, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. And let me tell you something, folks. Bands of wickedness, heavy burdens, oppression, and heavy yokes are no match 
for consistent, heartfelt prayer and fasting. God, that will break through all of those things all the time. Amen. Fasting from a humble heart is so powerful that even when ungodly people in the Bible did it, God was so moved that he changed his mind as to what he was going to do to them and what he said he was going to do to them and their fate, and it bought them some more time to get things right. 1 Kings 21, we read about King Ahab, wicked King Ahab, one of the very wickedest kings of, of Samaria, of Israel. And he did some things, and, and then finally God told a prophet, go tell Ahab this is what's going to happen to him and his, his, uh, his descendants because of all the wickedness that he did, he's done, and all this stuff. And after that prophet was done, uh, so the Bible said in First uh, Kings 21, when he was done speaking, Ahab took it so to heart, in verse 27, he said, So it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes. He put on sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. And then God said in verse 29, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. See, this, was, this judgment was coming right pretty quick. But God said, because he did this, he's not going to see this calamity. It'll come upon his son, but it won't come upon him. Amen. That's the power even of somebody that's not really even, that's not living for God at all. But because the, the humility, you know, uh, they, they, that sackcloth and all that stuff. You know, Jonah, he, he, he obviously uh, was sent to Nineveh to preach. Nineveh was a wicked town and they didn't really care for prophets and preachers. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times you didn't get out of there if you were a preacher alive. And uh, that was one of the reasons why he decided to go the other direction. He got swallowed by the whale and, and got, had an attitude adjustment. And then he finally went. And Jonah went into the city and he preached. And his message was that God was going to overthrow this city in 40 days. That was his message. Amen. And the Bible said the people of Nineveh believed the preaching of Jonah and they proclaimed a fast, and they put on sackcloth. Now, sackcloth is basically just burlap sacks that that uh, you know holds uh, whatever what, you know whatever things beans, rice, whatever comes in sackcloth uh, sackcloth bags. They you know when you put that on instead of clothes, that was a sign of humility, a sign of brokenness, a sign of I'm wrong and I messed up and I need to do better. And so they proclaimed a fast. The king of Nineveh himself. He fasted, he put on sackcloth, and he sat in ashes. And that is that sackcloth and ashes, that, that is like sitting, sitting in, you know, just, that just, when somebody sees somebody in sackcloth and ashes, that just tells you right there, that's a picture of someone that is humbling themselves. And, and so when you put fasting with that, and he commanded the whole entire city uh, amen. Every man, woman, and child, babies, even down to the animals that nobody was eating until, you know, as long as it took. And the Bible said in Jonah 3.10, and God saw their works, 
that they turned from their evil way and God repented or changed his mind of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. And history says that because Nineveh did that, God gave them 150 years more, amen, before they were actually destroyed. That's the power of fasting. So fasting literally saved the wicked city of Nineveh from the judgment of God. That's powerful. Now Jesus, you know, he was God in human form, and he did many things as an example of what his people should do later on when they came as the church. Amen. You know, he showed us how to pray. He showed us how to have compassion. He showed us all kinds of things. And he also showed us fasting. Amen. He exemplified fasting and all these other principles. And so that we would know the importance of practice them in our lives. Amen. And so he didn't just ask us to fast. He fasted. He showed us how to do it. Amen. And so he definitely showed us when we see that after his baptism, the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan himself. This was the first encounter that we read that after Jesus' earthly ministry was kicked off after his baptism, that he had this encounter with Satan himself. Amen. And it was in the wilderness. Amen. And he, he, so he showed us how to handle temptation. Amen. You know, when you're in the wilderness and you're tempted, there's nothing like fasting that'll help you get through that. Praise God. Amen. And it's interesting when you read all three accounts of this in Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, of this temptation, I, I always read it and said, Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And then the devil came and started tempting him when he was hungry. But you read, amen, and you'll, you'll find out that that Jesus was tempted for the entire 40 days. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they were ended, he was hungry. So when we read about the temptation of Jesus, we read about those three temptations. You know, hey, turn those stones into bread. You know, throw yourself off the, the highest pinnacle of the temple. You know, because the Bible said the angels were going to catch you. And then come up on this high mountain. And I'm going to show you all the kingdoms of the world, Satan said. And if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you. And so we think that was the totality of the temptation of Jesus. But that was just the last part of it. Amen. After 40 days, we don't even know what he went through for the first 40 days of the temptation of Satan. Amen. But he fasted the whole way. And you know what he answered all three of those temptations with? Not with something that only God could do. Amen. Because he's our example. He answered them with it is written. Amen. And that's something I can do. I can read the Bible. And when the devil comes my way and tries to tempt me and tries to pull me aside and get me off track, I can say it is written and I can read a scripture, a quote of scripture. Amen. And he's got to back off. And if I'm quoting that scripture after praying and fasting, amen, he has no chance. Amen. That's why James 4, 7 said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
Amen. So you know how you can resist the devil? Not just with prayer alone. Amen. Sometimes prayer will do it, but sometimes you got to pray and fast. Jesus also resisted the devil. Amen. In, in that first temptation, he used the word of God. That first one where, you know, he talked about turning the stones into bread and, and all those things. He used the word of God. Amen. And that lets us know the word of God is something. You know, when I'm fasting, I don't have real food. I'm not eating real food. Amen. But there is food for me. Praise God. Amen. Just like Jesus said, I have meat to eat that you don't know anything of. He told his disciples. And they said, where, where did you get that food? We didn't give him any food. Amen. And he was talking about something else. You see, the word of God is spiritual food. Amen. And that's why when you fast, you got to get in the Word more. Amen. The Word will sustain you when you fast. Amen. And I believe you'll even have greater revelation if you'll get in the Word while you fast and start reading it and saying, God, show me some things. Amen. You'll see some things that you never saw before. Amen. Job 23, 12. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Psalm 119, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Matthew 4, 4, this was the, this was the first answer that Jesus had to the temptation. After 40 days of not eating, you know that he would love to have had a piece of bread. And he said, hey, if you be the son of God, if you, if you have all that power, then you can Take these rocks right now and turn them into some nice, hot, steaming, uh, you know, loaves of bread. And he, Jesus said, it is written. Amen. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. So fasting is not only accompanied by humility, but most importantly, it is also accompanied by prayer. Amen. It's a one-two punch. It's a powerful combination. Prayer by itself is a powerful thing. No doubt about it. However, prayer coupled with fasting is much more powerful. Amen. Sometimes prayer alone is not enough to handle the situation we're facing. We must pray and fast together in order to have the breakthrough we're looking for. And Jesus told us about this. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, there's a caveat here, he said, this kind Sometimes the mountains you face, amen, in your life, amen, though they seem impossible, they are not, but they will not move, amen, except by prayer and fasting together, amen. When a demon was tormenting a certain man's son, the disciples were trying to cast this spirit out of the boy, and they could not do it. After Jesus came to the rescue and he saw the situation, he cast the spirit out and, you know, delivered the boy back to his father, all good in his right mind. Later on, when the crowds kind of left, Jesus pulled, uh, pulled aside uh, with the disciples and they asked him, they said, Lord, how come we couldn't cast him out? 
Amen. And his answer is very powerful and still applicable for us today. Mark chapter 9, verse 29. He said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Amen. What's this kind? Amen. The, some of the tough situations in life. Some of the things that seem, seemingly won't go away. The chronic situations, whatever they are. Amen. This kind can come forth by nothing. Everybody say nothing. Amen. That means nothing else will work but prayer and fasting on certain mountains, on certain situations, on certain spirits, on certain attitudes or whatever we're facing. Amen. Nothing but by prayer and fasting. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And fasting is not the most popular thing in the world to do, but that's the point. It's a sacrifice. It's a humility. And it moves God on our behalf. And finally, one person said, there are issues in life that can only be solved by prayer and fasting. Amen. So praise God. So if we haven't prayed and fasted for the situation, let's do it. Amen. And you say, well, how long should I fast? However long you need to, whatever you need to do. Amen. It's up to you. Every bit of a fast is a sacrifice. Amen. You know, on Tuesdays we do it, you know, we say, well, we get up in the morning. If you can go to 5 p.m. and then you can break the fast at dinner or whatever, that's great. If not, if you can only do with a little bit, God honors whatever you do. Some people do a 24-hour fast. Some people, you know, do a two-day or a three-day or whatever. But remember, fasting biblically, in, in, the, in the biblical literal sense, it's Fast, it's abstaining from food. Amen. Not water, uh, and, but food. Amen. And I always encourage anybody going on an extended fast, be sure to drink water. Amen. Unless, it's, unless God says something otherwise to you and you know it. Amen. Because, uh, because fasting is food. And now there's all kinds of fasts. Amen. You know, there's people can fast desserts only. People can fast social media. People can fast other things. Amen. You know, Daniel's fast that I mentioned earlier, amen, it, it was talking about his, he went on a 20 day, 21 day fast where he didn't have any pleasant bread. So maybe he had, you know, like, you know, I don't know, rotten bread or maybe, maybe some, you know, just some cheap, you know, wheat bread and he didn't have no, no peanut butter jelly to put on it. He just had some bread, but no pleasant bread. So he limited, he, he had just, just a, you know, just a meager subsistence for those days until he got the answer. And I think it was an open-ended thing, and maybe that's why he wanted just to still eat a little bit uh, to keep some what strength, but he, he was going, he knew he, uh, I'll go as long as it takes. And it took 21 days until the angel Gabriel showed up and gave him his answer. So he kind of, that was one of those, you know, you know, praying and fasting until something happens kind of things. So it's all what you feel, amen, as far as the length of time. There is no set time, amen. Let's stand. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.